and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and explores how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities, both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and on today's show we will be discussing the Proactive Minds Programme, a new knowledge transfer partnership between the University and Sport Aberdeen that's designed to embed the principles of sports psychology in high schools. And joining me to discuss the initiative is Dr. Brian McCann, a senior lecturer from the Department of Psychology, and Dr. Kira Reedy, a sport and exercise psychologist. Brian, it's great to welcome you onto the show. Yeah, thanks for having us, Craig. We're really excited to be here and talk about this exciting project. Excellent. And Kira, great to have you here as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, it sounds like a great initiative, and we've kind of looked at it very briefly as to what it is, but let's talk about it in a little bit more depth. What is the Proactive Minds Project? I suppose in its whole it is a project to support young people within the city of Sport Aberdeen and um, both secondary and primary age students with their mental health and um, both promoting positive mental health but also supporting those who are experiencing mental health challenges through the use of sport and physical activity. So we're trying to create a program that works within the active school setup in Aberdeen to provide that support and use the current programmes already on offer and just develop them to make them more impactful and supporting that mental health element. So where did the idea come from for this? I've done a lot of work with Sport Aberdeen over the last 10 years or so. Um, In my previous role at Robert Gordon University and since joining uh, GCU in 2019. So I've got a really long-term partnership with them. Together we developed uh, an award-winning project known as the Aberdeen Youth Games um, and so it seemed silly of me to not continue that relationship mm-hmm. when, I, when I joined GCU. Um, so I am a sport and exercise psychologist by trade and I do a lot of teaching on our professional doctorate in sport and exercise psychology. My role as well includes placement coordinator for that programme and so I'm always looking for opportunities to work with organisations um, to provide our trainees with placement opportunities. I basically had a conversation with my counterpart at Sport Aberdeen one day and asked the question, what would you do in the active schools team with a sport and exercise psychologist? And he said, I'm not really sure, but I'd love to find out. So we started to look at ways that we might be able to embed the sport and exercise psychology work that we do within the work of active schools. And I guess that's where the original idea came came from, is what, what can sport and exercise psychology add to the excellent work that active schools in Aberdeen and across the country do? So how does the... Proactive Minds Project work then? How does it get in there and work with young people at schools? Well, I think it takes that on the philosophy within sport and exercise psychology of behind every performer, there is a person. So in this case, instead of the performer being an athlete, it's a student, it's a brother, a sister, just a person really in whatever they're doing and focusing on that person behind them to see how we can support them as individuals reach their full potential, whether that be helping them identify what's challenging them and supporting them figuring out how they support themselves. And I suppose doing that through sport and physical activity in the sense of it's a good buy-in already, there's really great relationships already built because of that coach-athlete, athlete-athlete relationships. I mean, sport, I think in its entirety is built on relationships, people working together, supporting each other towards an outcome. So we thought, why can't we use those exact principles, but just with mental health instead? And I guess it's important to to highlight that we're at the start of a two-year journey with with this programme. So in terms of what does Proactive Minds look like in practice, 
we're not sure yet because we're doing the, the first part of the work that Kira's doing, um, having been in post what, about five months now, is that about right? About that now, yeah. yeah. Um, is to, to uh, start those relationships, start understanding what's going on, and I'll let Kira explain a little bit more uh, shortly about what it is that, um, that she's been doing so far. But I think key to this for me is around the overlap between mental health and physical activity mm -hmm. and the, the unique contribution that sport and exercise psychology and psychologists can make in that space, particularly for children and young people. I mean, in Scotland, we have the Active Schools programme. Active Schools coordinators work with every public primary and secondary school in the country. <clears throat> and so if we can also then embed some of those sport and exercise psychology principles uh, and, and sport and exercise psychologists into that space, then I think they have a unique contribution to make in the, the overlapping space between physical activity and mental health. What we're seeing is an increased focus on mental health, particularly young people's mental health, and particularly after the, the pandemic. It's a pretty broad question, but what is the, the general state of, of young people's well-being at the moment? I think it's quite mixed. I know Aberdeen City have been sending out surveys to the, their young people across the city um, through the SHINE survey, which has identified many challenges, I suppose, across the city. A lot around, I suppose, body image, anxiety, I suppose, social challenges as well due to the pandemic. They're the ones I'm aware of just at the top of my head. Brian, I don't know if you're aware of a couple more. Not specific sort of surveys and things, but I guess we're seeing, I think you're right, about mental health is on the agenda a lot yeah. more, on the public agenda, and I guess it's difficult to know whether the increase in reported mental health challenges are because it's more common to talk about mental health now. There's less stigma, although there is still stigma around it, but or whether there is actually an increase in mental health challenges. I suspect it's probably a bit of both, to be honest. And so I think this project is all about well, what role does physical activity have and how can we help people to be more active and cope with their mental health challenges and improve their mental health but equally how can we use sport and exercise psychology in that context to to really address some of those challenges. I think in addition to that what you're saying about you know that the stigma side because there's been so much work done around trying to get rid of the stigma around mental health I think there's an idea that mental health isn't just mental illness challenges it's about the positive side of it if you so the building of resilience, building of confidence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as we're talking about more about that, I think there's more focus on how do we build these skills in our young people as well, out with just the regular curricular timetable. Um, and I think sport has, and physical activity has the potential to really, really help with mm -hmm. that element of things. Definitely. When I, when I think of sports psychologist, I imagine someone working alongside a golfer or a football player or something like that and it's, it's you, you've summed up there perfectly building up resistance building problem solving skills uh, so how can you take those principles then and just apply it to younger people who aren't elite athletes I think it's almost over complicated complicated when people are thinking about it <laughs> because they do think of that elite side where I think that's where this project is fantastic is because we're just taking it at that community level so it's really really simple you take exactly what you do with your elite athlete you just do it with your your young people because again well in my practice I don't particularly focus on how do we perform better as such it's more how do we perform better as a person to then be able to optimize our performance potentials so you're stripping it back again to look at how are we building up those key skills um, within our young people so it does change slightly in the sense of maybe your outcomes aren't the same and your end goal of 
getting a gold medal at the Olympics, but it could be that they want to be on the starting team for their school football team on a mm-hmm. Saturday morning. Or it could be that, you know, they're struggling to make a basketball shot and that's what you're doing to build it. So it's picking out the young people's challenges and helping those then build the confidence in smaller steps. And sport and exercise psychologist is a protected title, but I think the exercise psychologist bit always gets kind of lost in it. And I think the the perception that people have as a sports psychologist is that elite level, like like you mentioned. But actually, a lot of our training and a lot of the theory and the research that we do is about how do we help people to be more active, help people to achieve more through sport and physical activity. And Kira's already mentioned it, working with the person first. Yeah. So I think we can work as a sport and exercise psychologist specifically with people around their sport and physical activity participation, but also just work with them to help them achieve within the context of sport and exercise psychologists. So a lot of our trainees and qualified practitioners will work with people in a, an exercise context, but not necessarily exclusively on exercise. That just happens to be the, the modality that they're working with them, the context that they're working with them in. Um, and I think that's one of the exciting things about this project is we know that there's a, de- a demand on um, the existing mental health services that are available to children and young people. We also know anecdotally in part what Kate is doing is, is trying to find or looking at the evidence around this, around the fact that some young people won't engage with the existing services that are available to them. But sport and exercise and physical activity might be an area that they're happy to engage with so we can then work with them in a space that they're happy to, to, to be engaging with. So how does it work? Is it one-to-one sessions? Do you work with these young people as part of a group? Well, we're still trying to figure out that plan. (laughs) But at the moment, um, we're taking on the structure that active schools have. So they work on a universal, targeted and specialised system. So universal, open to everyone, targeted being small groups. And the specialist looking at bespoke programmes for individuals. So Universal, we're looking at how do we train up all of our volunteers and our workers to be able to be mental health aware so they can identify young people who might need that extra support so that those sessions are friendly, it's a safe space and it could even be young people are identified as being anxious to be in a social setting. So actually providing them the support to come along to one of our extracurricular clubs is that support that they need. Now others might need to build up their confidence a little bit and we do have active schools assistance in some schools within the city and they're able to work one-to-one with the young people. The role I see myself playing in that is potentially developing a training program for those assistants so that they're in a position to support more and more young people and then I think for myself it will be working with the individuals that need one-to-one support with the specialist skills that come along with it. Something you touched on there Kira. I was going to ask about your roles within this project. Uh, Can you explain a wee bit more about them? Well, Brian start. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So, uh, I mean, essentially, this uh, the, the program that we're embarking on is known as a, a knowledge transfer partnership. So that is a government-funded research initiative which brings together academia and industry partners to solve problems, but specifically to develop a product. So the business it usually comes about from the business having a need to develop a, a product, but don't having not having the expertise within their organisation and looking to the university to provide that expertise. But once that arrangement is in place, it is a three-part arrangement that includes Kira as the Knowledge Transfer Partnership Associate, KTP Associate. And so the project is really about 
um, developing the proactive minds as a product, and we can talk later about how we maybe see that being something that could be rolled out in other places, and uh, it's only a product that, that Sport Aberdeen can use and, and roll out across the whole city because Kira over the next two years won't be rolling it out, it'll be developing the product, testing, piloting aspects of it, and creating the final product at the end of the two years. The university, we put our input into that through Kira, so we employ Kira, but she's based at Sport Aberdeen's offices, um, and there's a research team sitting behind that to support Kira in achieving the, the, the aims of the project. And then the, the, the most important aspect of the three-way kind of uh, partnership is Kira as our KTP associate. It's her job for two years to um, to make the, the project happen with the support of the business and the university. And also KTP associates uh, are, well, the projects are all about developing our KTP associates as future uh, members of the workforce. So Kira has a substantial personal development budget and lots of support to be able to gain the skills, the additional skills. So Kira already come, came into this role as a qualified sport and exercise psychologist who graduated from our professional doctorate programme, but there's additional skills that Kira might need over the, the next two years to kind of make this, this project a, a reality, so there's a substantial budget there to support Kira in her development as well. How are you finding part of the KTP so far? Yeah, it's been good, it's been exciting, it's been a whirlwind. I think just getting your head around the idea of the project is quite a big task, and how the contractings all work, Brian mentioned it's between GCU and Sport Aberdeen, um, the Wood Foundation are also a contributor within the project as well from the Sport Aberdeen side. So trying to figure out who everyone is, first of all, and then figure out the aims of the roles, what every partner is looking for to gain, and then trying to then figure out how does that look like on paper and how on earth do we do it within two years has been, um, it's been fun, but it's been challenging. And to be honest, it's been mostly exciting just to have almost a blank canvas mm to try something out and for everyone to already be bought in because I think one of the challenges we can face as sport and exercise psychologists is having to convince people what we're doing is a good idea we might have facts and figures but then there's always the budget side and and everything else that goes along with business so to have people just so invested so straight away has been fantastic and we even have letters of support from the likes of Sport Scotland the NHS can't remember all the other partners but maybe Brian can help me out here that must be so exciting, though, to, to have something that you're working on. You've got this blank canvas and everyone is just saying, this is a great idea, let's, let's uh, keep on going with it. Yeah, no, it's been brilliant. A lot of creative ideas floating. It's great to have Brian on board as well as my knowledge-based supervisor. So he's been advising me a lot from his own experience. And I saw someone you're able to like bounce ideas off mm. of to see, will that work, will not work? Will this be an absolute disaster? It's great. <laughs> not many people have... have uh, or supervise a <coughs> KTP who have themselves been in a knowledge transfer partnership associate. So my very first academic job was as a KTP associate up in Aberdeen, which right. is why I ended up there. So I graduated from GCU and uh, as a psych- uh, uh, psychology student, and I went and did my master's, and then I got the, the KTP associate role up in, in uh, Aberdeen. So uh, Kira, I don't know if it's for better or worse. Sometimes it's probably good that I've had a similar experience <laughs> many, many months ago, and then sometimes it's maybe not that helpful, but... Um, it does show you that, well, I, having gone through it myself, I always thought, I have always thought that KTPs are an amazing way for universities to work with industry mm-hmm. partners. Um, 
knowledge transfer partnerships are usually focused on generating income. So the product, it's all about the business showing how they can they can generate income. So social projects like this aren't usually that common. In our application, really emphasised the cost saving to the taxpayer. So they're usually, they're usually um, assessed on how much money you'll make and then the government will get their money back from, from the tax, okay. the extra tax that the company will generate. Whereas we had to make a real, really strong argument that there are some financial benefits to the organisation, but really it's about the social benefits um, to the young people in Aberdeen and the cost saving then to the taxpayer if these young people um, in the city have um, you know, better mental health moving forward and fewer mental health challenges. Now, the Proactive Minds programme was first announced in June 2022. Could you give us an idea as to how it's progressed since then? Yeah, we were um, successful with the funding in April 2022, and then in June we were ready to to um, to, to go to advert for um, the KTP Associate Post, which is when we announced announced that, that we had received the funding. So, Kira was successful in a, a really challenging application process and um, commenced the role in October. Yep. Yep. So that's where we got to between June and October, as we recruited Kira and got all our ducks in a row in terms of all the partners that were going to be involved in the. The project and just so that they were aware of what was going on and then I'll let Kira let you know a bit more about what she's been doing since she took up post. Yeah so over the last five months it's been kind of getting my foot in the door, meeting all the partners, establishing those relationships which I think we've already discussed how key they are to the success of this project and everyone working together and mostly what I've been doing over the last couple of months is then carrying out an assessment to see what's actually going on within the active schools teams um, what programs already on offer to see how we can support it and maybe tweak little elements um, to make them more impactful, meeting other service providers that support young people with mental health, uh, with mental health, everyone has mental health, with challenging <laughs> mental health across the city and seeing how everyone kind of connects almost like trying to start the puzzle and see where we where we are before we kind of create that next step of the plan of, well, actually, this is what we have this is what we'd like to do, so how do we get from A to B and figure out what's really needed in the city? That leads me on to my next question. How do you get from, from A to B? What are the next steps then for the KTP? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think it's really just taking it step by step and going back to those psychological principles of, of, I suppose, formulating the challenges within the area, assessing the needs of organ- the organisation, the university, and most importantly, the young people across the city. At the moment, we're just, I think, the step before getting the young people's voice in, but that's something that's so important to us because it's all about supporting them. So it would be so silly not to have them included. Obviously, there are barriers in in making sure that we're making sure we're respecting those young people the entire time and that we have their, their interests at the heart of everything we're doing. So I think from a university side and a research side, we have to like thread the line carefully of... What do we want to find out? But also, is this in their best interest? Especially for offering services, I'm trying to be very conscious of not saying, oh, you'll get this, but you have to participate in all of our research. So for me, it's about making sure we're doing the right things at the right times rather than just rushing in and getting information and looking back to see that we might have actually not have done the right things. I mean, I guess in terms of the final sort of product, I, I use the term products, I'm used to the KTP <laughs> language, but where the pro, Proactive Minds programme will be, I think it, one way or the other, it's likely to end up as a suite of, of resources, of training packs, of actual activities, of, of 
different projects that will all fit under this pro Proactive Minds program that then Sport Aberdeen can roll out <clears throat> as part of the application. You have to, to submit a five, or the organisation, the business has to submit a five-year plan for where, when the, the, the project's finished, where will the business go and how will they use the, the project. And so they have some ambitious plans about how they will then roll out the Proactive Minds. And I think... Again, a KTP is about being transformational for the for the business, and I, I can already see the start of, of some of that sort of transformation for Sport Aberdeen to position themselves to support the mental health of the young people that they engage with um, across the across the city in Aberdeen. So, Kira's already she's talked about the assessment element, and but she's already done a power of work to to sort of generate that kind of organisational change and, and equip Sport Aberdeen to be able to mm. maximise the potential of this program. Can have. You've received £173,000 in funding so far. How is that money being spent? So uh, KTPs are fairly um, rigid in terms of the way that the funding is is um, sort of accounted for and what, what it's to be used for. But essentially, the business, depending on the size of the business, so in, in Sport Aberdeen's context, they, they put a third of the money towards the project and then the, the government essentially, the, the funders uh, fund the other two-thirds. In this case, the Wood Foundation, so Kira mentioned the Wood Foundation earlier, they're a charitable trust. In Aberdeen, they have a, a Scottish and worldwide remit, but um, they're based in Aberdeen and they've uh, kindly provided Sport Aberdeen's contribution um, through some long-standing partnership that they have and as a, a local charity, who, a charitable trust, who really um, promote mental health as one of the areas that they focus on. So the majority of the money really is to employ Kira, um, and then for the university, the, the kind of infrastructure that sits behind Kira. Um, so the, the research team that includes myself and some other colleagues within the Department of Psychology, and then Kira has access to, to the resources. So KTPs are generally a really cost-effective way for a business to access the resources of a university. They pay a third of the money, and then they get another two-thirds of that 173000 of university time and resource contributing to the project. But, yeah, I'm not, I don't need to break down the individual budgets because it's fairly boring. But <laughs> suffice to say, it pays for Kira and it pays for the, it pays for the mm-hmm. university to sit behind Kira so that we can really throw everything that we've got at making this project a success. Money well spent then? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the other thing that's really important, the, the funding also pays for, and I, I talked about this earlier, is about developing Kira. So mm-hmm. in addition to paying Kira's salary and things like that, Kira has a fairly substantial personal development budget, which as a previous KTP associate, I will be very supportive that she she absolutely uses that budget to the, its full extent to really develop herself over the next two years. When does the Proactive Minds programme, when does that reach its conclusion? I think October 24, because yeah. it's 24 months in total from the first week right. of commencement. So what are your hopes then? That's a great question. I think, to be honest, I really would like there to be, at the end, a package that we can talk about, have a couple of success stories to be honest, probably a couple of failure stories as well, because I think that's how we learn best and we can learn the most from and be able to present something to both the organisation and the university that shows impact on the young people within Aberdeen City and as much as possible have it as a this is the new normal rather than this being an extra programme on top of everything else that, ha- that happens. So I think that embedment within the current active schools program is really what I hope to see. I don't really have specifics at the moment because like I said, we're just trying to figure that out, but it's that embedment and that impact is what I'd like to see at the end of the two years. 
going back to and Kira obviously wasn't part of the the process for pulling together the application and things. So I guess I've got a little bit of the, the context from yep. from Sport Aberdeen as well. And, and as I mentioned, they have a, a five-year plan to roll this out and to really embed the principles that Kira will develop with this programme across their organisation, but specifically within the active schools team. So I'd really emphasise what Kira mentioned there about it changing the way that they practice and not just being an extra thing that they do. It's the way that they do things mm-hmm. moving forward is, is through mentally a mental health informed approach uh, to support the mental health of all young people. I guess from an academic side of things, we have expectations for certain outputs in terms of publications, conference presentations. That's not the most important thing for us. I maybe mean, shouldn't have said that on the podcast <laughs> because you have to, you really have to emphasise within the application about those opportunities. But really, the important thing for us is. As a university, the common good, I, I can see tangible benefits that oh, this yeah. program can make to the to the lives of children and young people in Aberdeen. But I guess there's two other things for me um, that I'm really excited about for this program. One is that if it's successful in Aberdeen, there's no reason why it can't be successful mm-hmm. in other parts of the country, particularly because every local authority area in Scotland have active schools teams and active schools coordinators. They're in every school in the country. There's 32 active schools teams in Scotland, I think. I think so. So I'd like to see other places using the proactive minds and rolling it out, probably having to adjust it to their own unique context mm-hmm, because every, every local authority is different. But along with that, I see a real opportunity for sport and exercise psychologists to then be employed by the active schools teams within the local authority areas. Now, I'm slightly biased in that because we have a pro- professional doctorate program that the trainees, the graduates from that program would be ready-made to go into that environment and offer that, that service. And I think that's fairly transformational for the profession of sport and exercise psychology. You mentioned earlier, Craig, about you think sports psychologists, you, you think performance. Mm-hmm. Exercise psychology, even though it's in the title, it is developing, but still fairly, it's not very well defined as such. But I see this as being an opportunity to kind of create a role of a community sport and exercise psychologist who probably has a bit of work to do in both of those areas, but really it's about going in, embedding themselves in the community and contributing in a, a number of different ways. So, yeah, I guess that, I, sorry, I've just spilled quite a bit there, but well, I'm, I'm really excited about well, the, I, the long-term benefits that this programme can have. 100%. It sounds like such a such a great programme because, as we said at the start of this podcast, you know, there's such a big emphasis on mental health and we know the links between mental health and physical health. And if you can embed those in young people at an early age, using the principle of sports psychology... It's, it's fantastic for, for young people going forward and, and making their way in the world. I think it's all like just enabling support to be more accessible as well. And like Brian was saying earlier, with the reducing of stigma, just allowing to be able to get at from anyone and mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be in that maybe what people might think is a cooped up office or specific that points out that they're different from someone else. It's just that it can be accessed by everyone. It can be in a different way than maybe that standard support that we we see it as the moment. Are there any other expected outcomes from this KTP? As I mentioned, the the, the partnership is three way, and so it's important to also recognise the the expected outcomes for for Kira as a KTP associate, not only developing over those two years, but I think the figure is something like seventy five percent of KTP associates are then employed by the business after the project. Basically, they make themselves indispensable. If you think a normal KTP in terms of it's all about generating income for an organisation, 
then I, I, I had one colleague um, who generated over a million pounds of, of um, new turnover for an organisation within the first year of their KTP. So that company just, they kept a hold of that, uh, <laughs> yeah. of that associate. And I, I guess that's a potential outcome for, for Kira as well as um, making herself indispensable to, to um, Sport Aberdeen so that they would be silly not to, to potentially offer a contract. I know that's a, a long way away, but is that something you'd be interested in doing once the project finishes up? Definitely. I think it would be hard to say goodbye if, if we start start something and mm. don't get to finish it. Like Brian was saying, there's that five-year plan and even talking to other parts of the organisation, so the centre side, the group fitness side, everyone's really excited within the organisation of where the project can lead. So if it works well within the active school team, how can we adapt and develop it, develop it so that we can make it, again, more community widespread and have that like extra impact around. And also make Sport Aberdeen just that little bit maybe different to your regular sports facilities, really focusing on their values of, of supporting people. I think as well, these aren't necessarily, you know, pie in the sky, wishful thinking things. As part of the application and the letters of support that we had from various organisations, they emphasised within the letters of support that if we achieved our outcomes in the two years, they would be supportive of rolling out, extending within Aberdeen the project and rolling out into other local authority areas. So they're really tangible long-term outcomes that we could be aiming for. Brian, Kira, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you both and good luck with the rest of the project and I think this is something we can catch up perhaps October 2024 once the project reaches its conclusion but it sounds like a fantastic project and I really wish you all the best with it going forward. Thanks so much thank for having us. Not great, really enjoyed that and I'd also like to thank you for tuning in, that's you the listener, for tuning into this episode and I hope you can join us again very soon when we'll be talking with more people from the GCU community about their research, their careers and a lot more. The views expressed in the Common Good podcast are those of the participants and don't necessarily represent the views of Glasgow Caledonian University. Please subscribe to this podcast. You can get every episode sent straight to your listening device by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and everywhere else. So until the next time, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been the Common Good podcast.